Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Schultz. Today we have part four of Prince Darling, and our good prince, or not-so-good prince I guess is more accurate, has started his punishment at the hands of the fairy truth, been turned into a monster, and then captured and marched into the chief city of his own kingdom. This is part four of Prince Darling. As they approached the town, he saw that some great rejoicing was being held, and when the hunters asked what had happened, they were told that the prince, whose only pleasure it was to torment his people, had been found in his room, killed by a thunderbolt, for that was what was supposed to have happened of him. Four of his courtiers, those who had encouraged him in his wicked doings, had tried to seize the kingdom and divide it between them, but the people, who knew it was their bad counsels which had so changed the prince, had cut off their heads, and had offered the crown to Suleiman, whom the prince had left in prison. This noble lord had just been crowned, and the deliverance of the kingdom was the cause of the rejoicing. For, they said, he is a good and just man, and we shall once more enjoy peace and prosperity. Prince Darling roared with anger when he heard this, but it was still worse for him when he reached the great square before his own palace. He saw Suleiman seated upon a magnificent throne, and all the people crowded round wishing him a long life that he might undo all the mischief done by his predecessor. Presently, Suleiman made a sign with his hand that the people should be silent, and said, I have accepted the crown you have offered me, but only that I may keep it, for Prince Darling, who is not dead as you suppose. The fairy has assured me that there is still hope that you may some day see him again, good and virtuous as he was when he first came to the throne. Alas, he continued, he was led away by flatterers. I knew his heart, and am certain that if it had not been for the bad influence of those who surrounded him, he would have been a good king and a father to his people. We may hate his faults, but let us pity him and hope for his restoration. As for me, I would die gladly if that could bring back our prince to reign justly and worthily once more. These words went to Prince Darling's heart. He realized the true affection and faithfulness of his own tutor, and for the first time reproached himself for all his evil deeds. At the same instant he felt all his anger melting away, and he began quietly to think over his past life, and to admit that his punishment was not more than he had deserved. He let off, tearing at the iron bars of his cage in which he was shut up and became as gentle as a lamb. The hunters who had caught him took him to a great menagerie where he was chained up among all the other wild beasts, and he determined to show his sorrow for his past behavior by being gentle and obedient to the man who had to take care of him. Unfortunately, this man was very rough and unkind, and though the poor monster was quite quiet, he often beat him without rhyme or reason when he happened to be in a bad temper. One day, when this keeper was asleep, a tiger broke its chain and flew at him to eat him up. Prince Darling, who saw what was going on, had felt first quite pleased to think that he should be delivered from his persecutor, but soon he thought better of it and wished that he were free. I would return good for evil, he said to himself, and save the unhappy man's life. He had hardly wished this when his iron cage flew open and he rushed to the side of the keeper who was awake and was defending himself against the tiger. When he saw the monster, he got out and gave himself up for lost. But his fear was soon changed to joy, for the monster threw itself upon the tiger and very soon killed it, 
and then came and crouched at the feet of the man it had saved. Overcome with gratitude, the keeper stooped to caress the strange creature which had done him such a great service. But suddenly a voice said in his ear, A good action should never go unrewarded. And at the same instant the monster disappeared, and he saw at his feet only a pretty little dog. Prince Darling, delighted by the change, frisked about the keeper, showing his joy in every way he could, and the man, taking him up in his arms, carried him to the king, to whom he told the whole story. The queen said she would like to have this wonderful little dog, and the prince would have been very happy in his new home if he could have forgotten that he was a man and a king. The queen petted and took care of him, but she was so afraid that he would get too fat that she consulted the court physician, who said that he was to be fed only upon bread and was not to have even much of that. So poor Prince Darling was terribly hungry all day long, but he was very patient about it. One day, when they gave him his little loaf for breakfast, he thought he would like to eat it out in the garden, so he took it up in his mouth and trotted away towards a brook that he knew of a long way from the palace. But he was surprised to find that the brook was gone, and where it had stood, a great house that seemed to be built of gold and precious stones. Numbers of people splendidly dressed were going into it, and sounds of music and dancing and feasting could be heard from the windows. But what seemed very strange was that those people who came out of the house were pale and thin, and their clothes were torn and hanging in rags about them. Some fell down dead as they came out before they had time to get away. Others crawled farther with great difficulty, while others lay again on the ground fainting with hunger, and begged a morsel of bread from those who were going into the house, but they would not so much as look at the poor creatures. Prince Darling went up to a young girl who was trying to eat a few blades of grass. She was so hungry. Touched with compassion, he said to himself, I am very hungry, but I shall not die of starvation before I get my dinner. If I give my breakfast to this poor creature, perhaps I may save her life. So he laid his piece of bread in the girl's hand, and saw her eat it up eagerly. And that is the end of part four of Prince Darling. And we see the prince is on his way to retribution. And we'll find out in the next part, part five, which is the end of the story if he succeeds. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project, and you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.